the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To access inner resources to create the most productive, loving, and joyful life, each of us needs to awaken to explore in depth who we really are. Welcome to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Today, we'll learn what our past lives can tell us about our present life and understand how our beliefs create our reality. Now, here is Dr. Joe Mancini. Good morning, everyone. I am Dr. Joe Mancini, your host for Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist and spiritual counselor in private practice in Maryland. I want first to say to all the very many listeners who have been tuning into my show and making it a success, thank you, thank you, thank you. You have been nothing short of wonderful. And now for those who are new listeners, I want, as I usually do, to speak briefly about the overall focus of the show. In various ways on this show and every episode, we will examine how to access inner resources to create the most productive, loving, and joyful life. And to accomplish that goal, each of us needs to awaken, to explore in depth who each of us really is, to recognize oneself as a compassionate, multidimensional being made of God stuff, and to accept responsibility for being the co-creator with all that is of every bit of one's reality. We're going to see a lot of uh, uh, focus on that today. This series of 13 episodes that began on August 13th will focus on what past lives can tell us about who we really are. My guests and I will examine several related topics such as the true nature of past lives, soul mission and karma, the multidimensional self, reincarnating soul groups, how to change past lives, and other such topics including soul contract, our topic for today. A further aid to all this exploration are the concepts about past lives and other metaphysical matters that were voiced by Seth, that energy personality essence channeled by Jane Roberts from 1963 to her passing over in 1984. Rich Kendall, one of the so-called New York boys who attended Jane's ESP classes in the early 70s, shared with us at the beginning of the series some of Seth's ideas about past lives. You can access that show and others by going to the episode directory on my Voice America homepage. Before we get to our topic and guest for today, I want to share with you a brief story about my encounter with Jane Roberts' writing table. Yes, that's right, Jane Roberts' writing table, which I bought in June of this year from Laurel Davies Butts, who became the second wife of Jane's husband, Robert Butts, 16 years after Jane had passed. On the same day that I received from Laurel, Part of the table through UPS, Randall Libero, who is now my producer, called me out of the blue to invite me to submit a proposal for a radio show, which became the one I am hosting right now. If that was not enough, the table had something more to give to me. On September 4th, Laurel reminded me that the next day was the anniversary of Jane's passing and that, if I so chose, I might get a message from Jane if I got flowers for her table. 
something Laurel herself had done for many years with that result. So I promptly bought a bouquet of bright yellow daisy-like flowers and placed them on the table. I also bought at the same time a bouquet for my wife, identical to Jane's, except that Liz's were bright, uh, light purple. Because I was very busy, I forgot about them for six days. At the end of that time, my wife's flowers, as would have been expected, had completely drooped and were near dead. I expected that Jane's flowers were in the same state, yet when I finally checked her flowers, they were as fresh as the day I bought them. And they are still so fresh, 12 days later. I guess I got the signal from Jane. And you could read more about Jane's table and see pictures of the flowers uh, soon on the Voice America blog, which is www.vapresspass.com, or on my personal blog, which you can find on my, the link to on my homepage. One more thing before introducing my very special guest for today. <clears throat> I want to relate back for a moment to last week's show about shamanism and past life regression. Dana and Shane Robinson and I will be doing another unique workshop, this time on future life progression and shamanism. It's a two-day workshop scheduled for November 16th, 17th in Beltsville, Maryland. You can contact me at 301-526-2043 or at soulserver.com for more information. That contact information is also on my Voice America homepage. On that page is also the web address of my blog, explorationsinspirit.com, which now has posts about grounding exercises for spiritual journeying and also about comparing past life regression with shamanic journeying. This is all information that we did not have time to discuss on that last show. And these posts will also be found on the Voice America blog in a couple of days. And now, finally, to my wonderful guest for today. She is Linda Baker, psychiatric RN and spiritual hypnotherapist and author of Bridge Between the Worlds, Soul Contracts, and co-author of Alchemical Sense. We will be focusing on soul contracts, what they are, how they affect us, and how we might change them, especially with souls about to be born. Good morning, Linda, and welcome to the show. Good morning, Dr. Joe, and thank you so much for having me on your uh, show this morning. I am beyond delighted because this is a really in incredibly important topic, um, not just for past lives, uh, uh, topics like past lives, but other uh, metaphysical matters. Uh, so my first question to you is, how did you come to focus on soul contracts in your work? Well, that's a good question. And really, it was because of my own self and my own life and some things in my life that I thought were a little dysfunctional, but I couldn't seem to change them. And for an example, uh, my husband and I took teenage foster children for quite a long time. And being a psychiatric nurse, uh, we had some very difficult kids. And one um, person in particular, when we first met, we had this amazing connection. It was like, like wow, there was really something there. And even though people um, suggested that I do not take him into my home, that, you know, I, I just couldn't help it. And, and so he lived with us. And to make a very long and painful story, very short and to the point, it was a very, very difficult relationship. He even became physically abusive to me at times. 
And much to the dismay of my husband, who's very supportive and knows a lot about spiritual energy and how things need to work out and not just be, you know, ended. He knew I couldn't let go of this kid. In doing past life work around him, um, we had a past life and it was like early Italy and I had many children and we couldn't support them all. And so I basically sold him. He was the oldest. Mm-hmm. And and I had made an agreement that if I ever find him again, I would never let him go. Well, he came into this lifetime and had been abandoned by his parents, his grandparents. His, and so I, when he came to live with us, I made a conscious agreement as well is that I'm not going to let him go. So I reaffirmed that past soul contract. And even though it got to a point when I, I, I really knew it was best for my family and for me to let him go, I couldn't do it until after doing this past life work and forgiving myself and letting him go in love and breaking that contract. And then finally, um, I could separate from him in peace and wish him well and send him in love. So that really got me thinking about people that I've seen in my life who are in abusive relationships. And even though they, you know, go to counseling or their friends, you know, can't believe that they still go back to the same man or the same woman or that they continually do so. And I found that it's because we have agreements, contracts that we made in past lives. And until those are changed or or broken, or, you know, destroyed in some way. It's like, no matter how our personality thinks, we're so crazy to be doing this, and we should be leaving, and we have this force within us that will not let us separate. So that's really how I got interested in this. And, and of course, it's a fascinating story, one of many that uh, listeners will find in your incredibly wonderful book, Soul Contracts. And one of the things I do want to say to listeners is, if, if you're not already aware of it from what Linda just said, she has an incredibly open heart. And I think that open heart has a, a heck of a lot to do with her opening to the whole notion of soul contracts, because it's a very difficult subject. Most people think of karma as punishment. And I want to read something from your book. Uh, Linda, that I thought was very well said. And this is what you said. The purpose of a personal soul contract is not for punishment, but for attaining higher awareness. When we experience all things, we find understanding, compassion, forgiveness, love of self, and love of others. And notice the, the emphasis on love there. Past life work has taught me about soul contracts. As we remember more of our past lives, we see that we have been it all, male, female, black, white, gay, straight, victim, persecutor, and done it all. When we realize this, there's less room to hate and to judge others and less room to hate and judge ourselves. I think that sums up a great deal of the thrust of your book. If you like to say more about that. Well, that says a lot. I don't know. Um, when, when you were reading that, it reminded me of the story that I said about this young man who we fostered. Mm-hmm. And my gift from that was to really, really 
get the message to love myself and to love myself first because, you know, I'm not happy to admit it, but I was quite a rescuer back then and I would give away my energy and always hold that I could really, you know, save other people or, you know, I could and um, to the detriment of my own personal self. And working with this and working with the past life contract, I finally came to a very clear place that my my duty in my life, my responsibility is to love myself and to love my inner child. And as I do that, I have the energy to help and to love others. But the others have to be willing to do like 90% of the work. Right. And then I can help them with the other 10%. When, and I was living the other way around before this. So even though that whole relationship was so painful and looking at that contract was so painful... It was one of the biggest gifts I have received in my life. And I think it's, I think it's very important that um, you are saying that it's really important for everyone to love himself or herself, especially when you find out that in a past life you were a perpetrator of some sort. That's a real challenge for a lot of people. And it focuses on what I was saying earlier about and what you said in your book many times that the purpose of uh, finding out about soul contracts is not about to find out about punishment that has been waiting for us. We have chosen, um, as Seth says, we have chosen everything that happens to us in any one life. And we will take bits and pieces from past lives that we want to work on and uh, reproduce some of that uh, with the help of others uh, according to the soul contracts. Uh, and reproduce. I really want to get across to my listeners that the karma that you're talking about, that I'm talking about, is not eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, and that it doesn't really uh, involve any kind of punishment, no matter how heinous the deed was. Um, can you say a little more about that? Yeah, what I'd like to say about that is, you know, and I have worked with many people who have, you know, have done horrible things. I mean, they have been, you know, the slave owners, they have been the the lords that have, you know, killed the people under them for, you know, very, you know, just for not bringing in enough money from selling their hay or whatever, just, you know, really horrible crimes. And the for me, the most important thing about doing past life work is going to that point of death mm-hmm. in that lifetime and for the person to witness how it is they die and most importantly as their spirit is getting ready to leave the physical body and to know what is the contract or the promise that they made at that moment as spirit leaves their body because that is very critical and then to follow that spirit up into the place between physical lives where the soul can meet with their guides, with the higher council, um, the angelic beings that are there, and look back down on that life and know the purpose of the soul for living that life and what they were to learn. And also, oftentimes, it's been so amazing when the soul goes to that place, the souls of those victims are also there and they're like, wow, you know, like, yeah, we all agreed to do this. And this was, and it's a whole different, it's a whole different outlook being in the higher place than on the, the physical realm. 
It's like everyone has agreed to participate in this play to learn lessons that their soul came to learn. And when people get that, it's extremely powerful. And then you can also, you can go back if the soul wants to go back and change things in that past life, which sometimes a person does want to do, or sometimes they don't need to do that. It's just knowing the lesson allows the freedom from carrying this belief in their selves that they've done something wrong, that they're bad, that they deserve to be punished, whatever that is. Okay. Uh we're, be, we're going to be going to break in a couple of minutes, but I want to ask you if you would define the difference between, uh, well, there's two kinds of soul contracts, and if you would describe the difference between them. Okay. Um, so you can have a personal soul contract, and a personal soul contract is something that your soul, like say in the instance of you know, I was this evil landowner and I had all this power and money and I, you know, was this, this horrible person and at my time of death I died alone and people hated me and, and I made a contract that, you know, um, I, I will never allow myself to have power and money again. So in this lifetime you come back and you're always struggling um, financially, you never get promoted at your job, you... Um, are always, if you make a little extra money, you lose that money, you can never get ahead. That's a personal soul contract. So then you can have a soul contract with someone else that say you're in a past life and you're with a person who loves you so dearly, but you cheat on them, you treat them badly, and your, your lover who, who just loves you so much um, dies of a broken heart. And you see you know, your um, misdeed. And so you make a contract and say, if I could ever be with you again, I would, um, I would love you forever. I would take care of you. I would. So that's a contract between two people. And so that if you have that contract, you can just imagine how the, first, the person who died of a broken heart, they may have left their body saying, you know, I hate you. If I ever, you know, meet you again, I'm never going to fall for this. And then, you know, you die and you're like, I will love you forever. And that's when you get into an abusive relationship where, where one soul has made a contract that, you know, I'm going to torment you. And the other soul has made a contract that no matter what happens, I will always stay with you. That is absolutely fascinating. It well, is. we're about to go to break. You are all listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm Dr. Joe Mancini, and we'll be right back with more from my guest, Linda Baker, psychiatric RN and spiritual hypnotherapist. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you thought that there may be more to your life than you know? Maybe you're puzzled by coincidences that seem to happen out of nowhere. Or possibly you have a sense of deja vu in a place you have never been before. What about those dreams that seem to materialize right before your eyes? or bring startling, clear images of loved ones who have passed over. These are only a few of the great many topics that you can find much more about by having a hypnotherapeutic session with Dr. Joe Mancini. 
Dr. Joe is a clinical hypnotherapist certified by many national and international hypnosis organizations specializing in spiritual hypnotherapy. Dr. Joe can help you discover much more of who you really are and why you came here this time around. Joe's clients repeatedly emphasize his vast spiritual knowledge, amazing skills, and great heart. He establishes a safe, caring environment in which individuals feel free to be all that they are. Call Joe at 301-526-2043 or reach him by email at soulserver at errols.com to find out more. That's 301-526-2043 or by email at soul, S-R-V-R, at E-R-O-L-S dot com. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. To reach Dr. Joe Mancini or his guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to soulserver at errols.com. That's soul, S-R-V-R, at errols, E-R-O-L-S, dot com. Now, back to Explorations in Consciousness. Welcome back, everyone. This is Dr. Joe Mancini with Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm talking with my guest, Linda Baker, psychiatric RN and spiritual hypnotherapist about soul contracts. So, Linda, I wanted to say one more thing, and I think you'll agree with this. And this is to my listeners. Um, it's one thing to talk about soul contracts in the abstract. It's another thing to actually uh, go and find out about them, feel them, um, think about them. And it's only when you really go into uh, the deep spiritual component of the contracts that you have with people that you begin to see how those contracts, contracts make sense. If you don't go within and try to judge oneself or even others from without, you're not going to really get what this is about. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really important to go within because, as you had mentioned earlier, this is not about punishment, but it's about deeper understanding. And, you know, the way I look at life is that we are here for our soul's purpose. And our body is a vehicle for our soul. And so we um, we hold on to these things in the physical body so we can go into the cells of our body, into the memory that our body holds, and learn the lessons that our soul needs to experience. Oftentimes, I would hear, if I start talking about this to somebody, um, someone would say, why in the world would I ever <laughs> want to contract AIDS or MS or right. some other debilitating and even potentially fatal disease. Do you have any stories that you can? Uh, well, I have a really, I have a really good story about AIDS, and because I've okay. worked in, in the community for a very long time, and I've, um, and this was back when AIDS was, you know, the plague, and I, this young man, his naturopathic doctor, sent him to me, and he had refused to take AZT, and his, you know, and, and so many people were so angry with him that they wouldn't take AZT, even though. 
they were taking AZT and dying, you know, by the numbers. And we did a past life, and it was so fascinating because it was medieval, like maybe medieval England, and there was a castle, and he came riding in on his horse, just really just riding in, and his wife was holding their child and met him inside, and she held the child up to him, and he picked up the child and looked at the child, but it was the time during the plague, and he saw the child was infected, and he threw the child back at her. And he turned his horse around and he ran and he just ran, ran, ran until he was exhausted. And then he stopped at a pool to drink water. And when he looked into the pool, he saw his face and that he had sores starting on his face. And he took his sword and he killed himself at that moment. And his contract, his promise was that I will come back for another plague and this time I will not run from it. And it was like, wow. It wow, was, it's right. Yes. Yes. And, and you know, he, um, he did all of this natural healing. He, you know, we, 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 he went back um, to his wife in that lifetime and, you know, he made amends he, he, um, to his child. He ended up actually um, becoming very healthy and... Absolutely the last amazing. I know of him is that he's living somewhere in California and he, you know, has a partner who he's been with for many, many years and he's been very healthy. Fat, another fascinating story among many in your book. Uh, what about someone uh, who has been raped in this lifetime? What, um, what could possibly be? A contract around that? Well, that's a really difficult one. Um, and certainly, it's really important for listeners to know that because one person has had an experience such as AIDS or rape and had a contract around it does not mean that someone else who's had the same experience has the same contract. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's all very different. But one of the things that is possible and that's come up with people who have been raped, and rape is a violent act, that in going back to another lifetime, that person was a perpetrator, and that person raped and was violent towards others, and made a contract at the end for the soul that next time they would come back to learn what this is like, so they could experience it for themselves. And that was, you know, what, what the quote that you read from my book, how we've been it all, Yes. And once we get to see that we've been it all, that we have been the rapist, we have been the one who's been raped, we, we've you know, been kind, we've done violence, then when we see this bigger picture, and if we can look at it as only soul lessons, our soul has come down to learn all these different aspects of being human. So then we can make the choices of how we want to present and live in this world. I want to say something else, too. Um, <clears throat> this uh, almost came up when we were talking with Rich Kendall, who described um, what he was raped at uh, 15 in the first episode of the series. Right. Uh, one of the things that listeners really need to understand here is just because you had a contract uh, in which um, you agreed to be raped, that doesn't mean that the perpetrator in this life won't be punished. Uh, 
that the person may have to go to trial and be incarcerated. That may be part of that person's contract, what he or she decided was going to happen to him or her after perpetrating the rape. So it's, and, and there is learning in that also for the, for the individual. So it's not like people can go around raping other people and just because you had contracts, there are no right. consequences. There, right. are, there are absolute consequences. And, but those consequences were agreed to. Uh, even, even if someone um, is executed, that is part of the contract. So we're not, we're not exculpating anybody on an ordinary level in this life. If you do something um, that is uh, painful and tragic to somebody else, um, there you have agreed to take the consequences for your own development. So this is very important. We don't, you know, we don't want to appropriate the idea that um, just because you have a contract, that means, oh, you don't have to have consequences because you always do. That's what you agreed to. Absolutely. And, and that's a really good point to bring up because I've had that question come up many times in classes where students will say, okay, so what if your neighbor, you see, um, you know, your neighbor and he's abusing his child. Well, maybe they have a contract because maybe that child abused the father in a past life. So what right do we have to, you know, interrupt that? And my answer to that is our souls are on a path of continually moving upwards, which means, you know, we're continuing to learn the lessons and develop from these lessons. And so, yes, that could be absolutely true that they do have this contract but our job is to call in the authorities. Our job is to help them to stop the cycle because if the cycle isn't stopped, the next lifetime the father will come back as the child, the child will be the father, and the abuse will continue, continue, continue. And that to me is my perception of staying on the wheel of karma and never like getting off where right. we are at a place now in consciousness where we can look at past lives and we can use this information to get off this wheel. And, and I, want, yeah. I want to add something to your example of the neighbor um, knowing that um, the other person is uh, perpetrating something on a child. You, the neighbor, uh, who's witnessing this may well, in fact, I would say absolutely does have a contract with the two of them. Uh, to deal with this. So <clears throat> it's just not, uh, there's not just a contract between the, the perpetrator and the child, but also with the neighbor who witnesses it. So Absolutely. you are there and, it, you know, this may be an issue for you, the neighbor, of not being able uh, in your life to take a stand on things. Mm -hmm. And so you created, you co-created this contract. So that, that's something to keep in mind because it is a question, as you said, that comes up often. So what do I do if they have a contract? Do I leave it alone? No, you're part of that contract. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and people have said that even about what's happening in Syria right now. I was talking right. to a friend and saying that he really is upset with some people say, well, that's their problem. You know, they should solve their problem. But what's happening, it's also about maybe they're having this problem because it's about world compassion and it's yes. about you know, our contracts that we have, everything is very complex. Very complex. And, and for me, 
And I think this is really, really helpful. And people say, well, why do we have to look at this? There's enough to look at in this life. Why go to past lives? And it's because our past lives and our past life contracts are so important to this lifetime. And when we can, um, when we can really understand fully about past life contracts, about past lives, then we can be so much more powerful in this world. Because like the example with the neighbor, you can take a stand, but you don't come from a place of hate or revenge. You come yeah. from a place of understanding and taking action. Yeah, and you're, when you uh, broadened the, uh, this topic to uh, contracts between groups of people, um, I, I think that's really important to know because it does have, we have group contracts and then we have individual contracts within those group contracts. So as you said, it becomes very complex. I'd like, uh, I'd like you to talk a little bit about communicating with ancestors because even though you may not, um, when you communicate with an ancestor, you're not communicating with your past life. You are communicating with lives in the past that affect you and others in your family now. And there are sort of contracts among generations. Absolutely. Can you Absolutely. speak to that? There are contracts, uh, you know, in the contracts I've worked with that are generational or the contracts about how much you're worth, you know, how is your family a high class, a low class, a middle class? What is your wealth factor in your family? And people carry that because there's a subconscious um, knowing or feeling or energy that we carry that, you know, our grandparents work so hard, our great grandparents, we come from this lineage that if we have an easy life, if we have, um, you know, if we are wealthy, we're in some level betraying our ancestors. Mm -hmm. um, and when we can do the work and see how that is connected, and like you say, it may not be exactly past life con contract in the way we've been talking about it, but it still is a, a contract. And when we can break that, I have had, like, it's amazing how the energy of the ancestors will come to the client and they'll be just like, thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this work. And with abuse that's passed on generationally, generationally passed on. And I've worked with clients who don't even want to have children because they're afraid that they will um, yeah. per perpetrate mm -hmm. the abuse with their children. And they finally do the healing with themselves. And you can almost, you can almost feel, you can almost see the thread that's pulled out from this lineage to release the abuse. And the ancestors, again, are so thankful, so grateful that someone has stopped this. And, be and this happens because in the world of spirit, there is no time. So everything that's happening now is happening also to them in terms of the work on the, the problem with the lineage. Absolutely. Uh, so it goes back and forth. And, and so this is really important because um, we're, it's a loving act to not just for ourselves and the people in the, the present incarnation with us, but it's a loving act to all those uh, people who have come before us who are part of our blood, so to speak. Right. And we, we, we don't know the, you know the, the effects of this either because when they are released, if they incarnate again... Uh -huh. They will be different people, and they will have you know be different to their children, and then so so it's a small pebble 
in the pond that ripples out um, to an unknown factor. Constantly. There are all kinds of ripples coming out from all of us towards others. Uh, before we go to break, uh, one other thing I'd like to ask you is, have you noticed that when someone changes a soul contract with another person who is in the present incarnation, that that other person somehow experiences a change without even knowing what's going on with the first person? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is one of the most amazing, amazing things in this work. And I always tell my clients when they do this deep work with another person that the shift will happen. And it may not be the shift that you always want. You may want the shift of the other person will let go of you. And, but the other person may not. The other person may sense the shift and become even more intense about um, trying to hook you in, trying to keep the contract. But I always tell clients, if that happens, just know that that's what's happening. And as you just, um, you know, imagine them stepping further away from you, letting go, that they will, that it's just a momentarily, uh, momentarily um, grasp to keep the contract. It's, it is amazing because I've had people come back after I've done the work and they say, I, my, uh, my friend who I have this contract with just seemed very different. Yes. And the relationship yes. seemed to ease a bit. That is when the relationship is going to be uh, continued. Um, it is absolutely heartwarming and uh, so exciting because we know that spirit truly is operating in all of this. Um, and as I said with, uh, in the show with Greg McHugh, the work we do is really sacred. It's, um, an, act of, it's an act of love. Absolutely. And really quickly, you know, one really fantastic thing for this, and I worked with a couple of women who were in divorces, really ugly divorces, and, you know, and, and their, their, their partners just, you know, making all these claims on the children and doing these destructive things. And they were fighting it in court, and they finally came for a session. And we did past life work and soul work and releasing work, and that energy really shifted. So, you know, what I see for people that are in those kinds of legal situations, you can do the legal work, but doing this soul work is such an important piece. That is just perfect. Uh, Okay, we're going to go for break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about what Linda calls post-conception birth control. And we're also going to uh, try to leave time for callers. I would imagine there are listeners out there who really want to ask her some questions. So uh, this is Joe Mancini, where you're listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. And we'll be right back. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you thought that there may be more to your life than you know? Maybe you're puzzled by coincidences that seem to happen out of nowhere. Or possibly you have a sense of deja vu in a place you have never been before. What about those dreams that seem to materialize right before your eyes? 
or bring startling clear images of loved ones who have passed over. These are only a few of the great many topics that you can find much more about by having a hypnotherapeutic session with Dr. Joe Mancini. Dr. Joe is a clinical hypnotherapist certified by many national and international hypnosis organizations specializing in spiritual hypnotherapy. Dr. Joe can help you discover much more of who you really are and why you came here this time around. Joe's clients repeatedly emphasize his vast spiritual knowledge, amazing skills, and great heart. He establishes a safe, caring environment in which individuals feel free to be all that they are. Call Joe at 301-526-2043 or reach him by email at soulserver at erals.com to find out more. That's 301-526-2043 or by email at soul, S-R-V-R, at E-R-O-L-S dot com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. To reach Dr. Joe Mancini or his guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to soulserver at erols.com. That's soul, S-R-V-R, at erols, E-R-O-L-S, dot com. Now, back to Explorations in Consciousness. Welcome back, everyone. This is Dr. Joe Mancini hosting Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm talking now with my guest, Linda Baker, psychiatric RN and spiritual hypnotherapist about soul contracts. Again, we will uh, make room for some callers. Just call 1-866-472-5795 with any questions you have for Linda or for me, or for both of us. Hi, Linda again. Hi, Dr. Joe. All right. I promised the listeners that um, I would be talking with you about your, con- your understanding of post-conception birth control. So what is that? Well, let me give you a little background. I was at a workshop many, many years ago, and a woman, and there were like maybe 400 people there, and so there was a woman somewhere in the back of the room that mentioned something about communicating with um, the spirit in the womb. And when she did that, I had a flash that, oh my goodness, that woman who are, you know, that have had abortions contemplating abortions, had miscarriages, really need to be communicating with the spirit in the womb. And I myself had had an abortion and, you know, had felt and experienced the pain of of that because no matter if someone is, you know, for abortion or against abortion, whatever, the psychological um, impact on a woman, the physical impact is great. And, it, and, and 
so anyway, I, I started thinking about that, and I decided that, wow, with the work that I do, I can help women to do this. And so I wrote an article for a local metaphysical paper, and I offered to do free sessions for women who are interested in this because I wanted to experiment. And, like, the first woman who came, she drove a very long way, like, you know, maybe three hours away. And we, had, we did this amazing, amazing session where she, um, she had gotten pregnant in a relationship that she realized was an abusive relationship, and she had planned to leave the relationship and then found out she was pregnant and she really didn't want to be and she didn't want to have ties to this person anymore. And in communicating with the spirit in the womb, the spirit was actually this very loving being who um, you know, could, could feel the pain that she was going through and the loneliness, emptiness in her life. And so the spirit made a contract with her to come in to basically be there to um, kind of take care of her in a way. And when she communicated with the spirit, um, she, um, the spirit agreed, you know, that she would leave and that she would always like hang around, like sort of as a spirit guide, kind of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it was very beautiful. And so she left, and, but she didn't miscarry. And so she drove all the way back. And because I, this is my first time doing this, I didn't really know what to do. I was just kind of doing it. And so we, we came back and... I know we had we had gone and done in the first session some hormonal change, and we went to the womb, and we had the the caretaker of the womb clean out the womb and all that. But the thing we missed was because she started having cramps, but nothing would happen. And I had a vision, which I know comes from spirit, that we didn't remove the mucus plug. And mm. so in this next session, we went down and we actually cleared out the mucus plug, removed that, so everything could move freely from the body we future paced that she went home and like the next day she miscarried so i was very excited about this um to see how communicating with the spirit and working with the body could allow this being to leave gracefully and for the woman to have healing and completion with this so so uh you use the term that i'm not sure many of my listeners would understand you spoke of future pacing. Would you explain that? So future pacing would be that you actually, when you complete your session, okay, and in this instance, we looked at the process of the blood leaving the uterus, the, you know, the, the miscarriage actually happening. That hadn't happened with her in that moment that we were doing the session. So we were projecting into the future and watching this happen. And two things. One, it's giving the body direction of yes. the desire for what is to happen. But it also is checking up on the session because what I have found that when you go to the future, the person will experience what is to happen in that time. And if that doesn't happen, you know you have another piece of work to do to get to that place. Okay, great. And I, I think that was very important to say because you see how much uh, control you have over uh, what might happen and also to see what could get in the way of it. So future pacing is an incredible, it's, it's something NLP, um, I think, creator at least labeled as such. Uh, NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming. Okay. And so it's really important, I feel, for people to um, 
to remember that even though this spirit is coming into the womb, and from what I know, the spirit isn't really attached to the body until, you know, several months after mm-hmm. conception. The spirit goes in and out and makes decisions what it's going to do. But that even when the baby is born, when you, have, when you hold a brand new little newborn, it is only the body that is newly born. The spirit has been living for maybe eternity. I don't know how long, but that spirit, just like with all of us when we talk about our past lives and how we've lived and experienced all this, that little baby has those past lives. It has all of this experience within it. And so even in the womb, the fetus, it's not, see, I I, I know um, one of the... One of the issues that we face with abortion, it's about killing the child Mm -hmm. and not allowing the child to have a life. But that's so, um, it's so untrue when we look at it from this level. It's only not allowing the body to be born. The spirit continues. And like this woman I spoke about, um, she went on and we stayed in touch for a few years. She she remarried. She has three children now, and one of those children is the spirit of the spirit that she released at that time. And so the spirit continues on. We never, we never can, can kill spirit. One of the other things uh, that I wanted to mention is natal regression, uh, which I will have someone on in a couple of weeks about that. And what's fascinating, this is how I first um, realized that there is a life going on in the womb other than uh, just biological life. There's a, there's a conscious life. And when you go through um, this process, uh, you are aware that there are two levels of consciousness. The consciousness of the fetus, which is extremely limited, and the consciousness of um, the soul. Um, that is manifesting as the fetus, and they have different views about what's going on. And so I think um, natal regression is another thing to do for yourself, not necessarily with, certainly not with um, uh, the baby in the womb, uh, but in your, with, with your own uh, memory of your fetus in the womb. So it adds another dimension to all of this. And I think the more, again, you know about what goes on in the womb when you were a child, the more you're open to um, talking with the fetus of your own child. So these processes complement one another is what I'm getting at. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we make contracts in the womb. We make contracts to take care of our parents, to be a good baby, to... Yeah, it, it's very amazing, the contracts we make as we're in the womb. What happens, and I'm sure this has um, occurred in your practice, what happens when you guide a woman to talk to the fetus and, and the woman uh, tells the fetus that um, I really, it's not a good time to come in right now, mm-hmm. um, but the the fetus doesn't agree what do you uh what do you do there well you know it's it's very interesting because i haven't had that happen a lot but i have had that happen a couple of times 
And one time um, that was really striking was this woman said, you know, it's not time, and I went, and the fetus was like, no, it is time, and I'm going to come, and they had like kind of this argument. And I started even wondering in myself, you know, wow, is this okay? Maybe this fetus is supposed to be born, and who am I to, you know, get in the way of this? But this woman really did not want to be pregnant. And finally, what it came down to, and what the spirit of the fetus kind of laughed and said, was it was about teaching this woman that she is in control of her body and that she Uh has power and empowering her. And when she finally came to that place, the the little spirit was like, oh, yes, this is what I've come to, you know, teach you, that you need to take power. (laughs) And see, this is what's so fascinating about all of this, that uh, we really don't know what's going on until we go deep within the experience. And, and for us to judge from the outside about what's possible or what is actually going on is, is really uh, the wrong way to go. It doesn't achieve much. But if we go within, all kinds of things are, are there for us to discover. And I've, you know, I've done sessions with women who, in talking with the spirit, and the spirit has come like to teach like that lesson right. or to teach another lesson. One lesson that comes up quite frequently is the lesson to connect with the woman's own inner child and about mm-hmm. loving herself and nurturing and caring for herself. And when that lesson is received and gotten there, many times when the little the spirit um, of the, the, the fetus will say, thank goodness you got this because I had a contract to teach you this and you've gotten it and I don't have to come into this body now. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> We, yeah, we think of like being in the human body like, wow, everybody wants to have one. But, you know, spirit, I don't know how the spirit world is, but, you know, it's supposed to be this wonderful, wonderful world. And when you're in the spirit world and you find out, wow, you don't really have to come in, that could be very exciting. Yes, it can. <laughs> well, it's unfortunately we are coming to a close for today. And I want to thank you very much, Linda, for your personal and professional stories and expertise on the topic of soul contracts and related matters. And, of course, as I expected, you did a fantastic job explaining a very important topic. And I want to announce to my listeners that Linda and I will be doing a metaphysical workshop in the Seattle area where she lives on April 12th and 13th, 2014. So you can contact me for further details at soulserver at arrows.com or 301-526-2043. Tune in next week when I will be interviewing Dr. Janet Cunningham, author of A Tribe Return, her account of how she regressed a group back to a lifetime they shared as Native Americans who endured a horrific massacre at the hands of U.S. soldiers. The regression experience was nothing short of mind-boggling and wrenching yet also profoundly healing to the participants. This is Dr. Joe Mancini, your host for Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. May you all open to the peace of all that is in every moment of your lives. Thank you so much for listening, and a hearty good day to all of you. Thank you for tuning in to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Please join us again next Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We'll offer another enlightening program next week.